lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on MeWe and Gab. Look for Steve Dace there. And should Parler ever actually return, uh, you'll be able to follow me there as well, we think. You can go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace Show to get censored clips of the program or just go to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Actually, YouTube is slash Steve Dace, right? Is that right? Yeah. Let me double check. On I, that, think, I think I think it's, it's YouTube. Just Steve Dace, yeah, yeah. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. My first, I'm sure, of many errors uh, that will occur at, at some point here during the program today. Uh, I was reading a story last night. You know, we have a, a theme. Our theme on the show this year is the answer is us. That we just have to take this um, upon ourselves instead of outsourcing this and waiting for institutions, parties, organizations that are supposed to be our proxies that do this on our behalf. We're just going to have to get our own hands dirty now and do it ourselves i was reading yesterday the nra has been in um a buttload of problems the last few years uh charges and counter charges of uh, corruption uh bankruptcy uh, they're trying to move to texas the courts won't let them and it used to be you know what i, I just pay for my nra membership they handle my second amendment rights right and i just go out and enjoy that you're not going to get away with doing that anymore either so this is why things like the constitutional defense course that our friends uh, over at constitutioncoach.com offer is vitally important. All right, you've heard uh, our colleague Daniel Horowitz, who will join us later today uh, during uh, as the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. If you listen to his podcast, if you're not, you should be. But if you are listening to his podcast, you've heard him talk about this course. He's taken a few of you uh, to it over the, the last year or so, a couple of times. Uh, 16 hours of firearm training, eight hours of intellectual training on the Constitution and the right to self-defense and your God-given liberties in the classroom. It's a course for everyone. It's a family-friendly training program. Right now, it takes place at Front Sites Ranch just outside of Vegas there in Nevada. They've got over 500 acres waiting for for you and the next course is coming up at the end of this month may 30th followed by june the 6th get 90 percent off of that training 90 nine or zero that's almost giving it away now you've got to handle your logistics to get there but 90 percent off the training right now if you register today at constitutioncoach.com that's constitutioncoach.com i mean essentially everything anymore that that we used to just say okay i've got a life to live these people, I trust them to do this for me. You're just not going to be able to do that, unfortunately. We're, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. All right? And, and we'll talk more about that here in a moment. Uh, also coming up today, we'll play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold. But before we begin all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away brought to you by a quinquennial tradition unlike any other. For the better part of the last at least 36 hours, Hamas has launched countless rockets at targets in Israel. Israel's Iron Dome defense system was able to intercept the majority of the rockets, but at times the sheer number of rockets launched found their targets, causing destruction in areas of Israel, including Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Israeli forces retaliated against Hamas, dropping bombs and destroying a 13-story building in the process. It's the most extensive conflict between Hamas and Israel since 2014. Reuters reports at least 32 people have died amidst the violence. In the United States, pro-Hamas marches took place yesterday in major cities, including D.C., New York, and Minneapolis. The White House has responded by treating Hamas and Israel as equals. Since last week, he has directed his team to engage intensively with senior Israeli and Palestinian officials, as well as leaders throughout the Middle East. Moving on and in other news, Senator Rand Paul grilled Dr. Anthony Fauci yesterday on his organization's funding of gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Virology. Dr. SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses. I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. The NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, no matter how many times you say it, it didn't happen. The New York Times slammed the CDC yesterday for vastly overstating the risk of outdoor transmission of COVID-19. The story documents how the CDC has stated the risk of outdoor transmission is as high as 10 percent. The story goes on to cite data indicating the risk is below 0.1 percent. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. A new morning consult poll finds Americans who have been vaccinated are less comfortable in public than those who have not taken the vaccine. Not making this up, across the board, vaccinated Americans are less likely to go on a cruise, visit an amusement park, attend a sporting event, or just generally socialize in public. Meanwhile, in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis is starting the push for schools to unmask kids. These kids do not need to be wearing these masks, okay? I'm sorry, they don't. We need to be able to let them be kids and let them act normally. And that's what should be the case in the fall throughout the school year. Daily Defiance, Wes and his wife went to the Grand Canyon, that's federal property, where you're supposed to wear a mask even outside. And of course didn't wear their masks. In Ohio, Emily and her family attended a demolition derby. She says there were hundreds of people there and most were not wearing masks, including her and her family. And in Pennsylvania, Albert says he was hanging out at a local big box store without his mask, of course, when he saw this dude. Update on the Colonial Pipeline ransomware cyber attack. New York Times tweets, since the shutdown, there have been no long lines or major price hikes for gas. Meanwhile, gas shortages and long lines abound in America's southeastern region, including Atlanta, where nearly 60 percent of gas stations in the metro area are without gasoline as of midnight last night and 72 percent in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
Here's an example of the questions Energy Secretary Granholm is taking from the press. But looking more holistically in a macro view, how does this speed up the efforts at DOE to move in more of a renewable direction since this is going to have an impact on people at the pump? You know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you. U.S. inflation continues to soar as American consumers are witnessing the biggest rise in prices for goods in a decade. This while millions of Americans continue to enjoy unemployment benefits off of the coronavirus response. Stacey Abrams, your thoughts? It is insufficient for us to simply focus on the more traditional masculine areas of the economy. Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert tweets, the country is being run about as effectively as you could expect from a party that kicked off this legislative session by saying amen and a woman. And finally, the voice of reason we all need. Keep your kids out of our gay clubs. Obviously, when we're seeing 12-year-olds dressed as girls and women, stripping for gay men, throwing them dollar bills on a stage, it's it's just, I don't know why we have to, us, me as a, as a homosexual, has to tell people, keep your kids out of my life. You know, keep your kids innocent and pure. What do, what do you feel about the whole uh, story hour, drag queen story hour? Oh, I think it's stupid. I, I think it's damaging. I think it will actually lead to more confusion of gay children. And that's what happened while we were away. It's teed up for you, Dace. Did you know the average American can add 97 (laughs) percent, 97 points to their credit score and yet has no idea how to obtain them? Indeed, it's it's an enigma. Scoremaster is the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Forget about raising your score just a few points. That's kind of weak. With ScoreMaster, the average user can raise their score about 60 points in three weeks or less because they put the information you need to know about why you really have the credit score you have in your hands, not just in the hands of the banks. It's your fate, so you should be in charge of it. And then they help you chart a path to get to the score you want because even if you can get approved for the home, mortgage, and auto loan you're looking for, Uh, Maybe um, this can make a big difference in terms of the terms of that approval and the repayment uh, obligations as well. So uh, you can enroll in minutes and see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score when you visit ScoreMaster.com slash Steve. Again, visit ScoreMaster.com slash Steve. In the overtime today, we will be discussing that exchange between Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci. We'll get into that today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, thank you. Uh, we'll be hanging out here after today's show to record that for you, and then it will be uploaded for you to watch on demand later at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. However, if you are not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and wish to become one, uh, that's also where you can go. BlazeTV.com slash Dace so that you don't miss today's overtime or any of the other exclusive content we do each day here on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. So what's in Aaron's montage and and what's going on in the country? And I, I, I was debating with myself how to approach this today. And I, I think we're going to do it this way. Let, let's take a step back. Let's take a step back and assess why we're here. And make sure everybody owns the level of responsibility for it that they're culpable for. 
so that we can do something about this. Because whether you're on pins and needles hoping Donald Trump runs again, or whether you're like, man, we need a new, we need a new voice, hoping for Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Tim Scott, I don't know, pick a name. Folks, it's May 12th. 2021. Joe Biden hasn't been president in 120 days. And it, it dawned on me, by the way, man, shout out to our colleague Andrew Wilkow with the welcome back Carter spin there. That was well played. But it dawned on me this morning, again, just reading these reports of these gas lines all over the country, gas stations in 2021. We were energy independent 24 months ago. 2021. 1979's not just a Smashing Pumpkin song anymore. I, I think we're shortchanging Jimmy Cotta. He at least got Begin and Sadat to Camp David to sign a historic peace accord. It took him four years to drive this country into the ditch that the Biden administration and its acolytes and its worldview have put us in in barely 100, not even yet 120 days. So we want to sit here and talk about is Trump going to run again? And if not, I hope he doesn't or I hope he does. I hope he doesn't. So that clears the way for the new guy I like better or I hope he does. I love me some Trump. Folks. Can I ask you a question? At the rate this is going, can you sit here and look your kids and grandkids in the eye and be certain you're having a free and fair election in this country in 2024? Are you certain? Certain of that? Like when the Tea Party rose up and rebelled against Barack Obama early in his administration. We would have never asked a question like this, right, Todd? Right. Right. When the contract with America rose up halfway through the first term of Bill Clinton, this kind of question would have never even been entertained or thought of, right? Right. Is it worthy of entertaining and thinking about it right now? Well, I know you noticed the queen is concerned of such things in her own country. So... We got four years of this to go, folks. Whether Dementia Joe makes it or whoever takes over when he does not, when he checks out into the hospice of Hotel California, whichever it is. I mean, 2024 ain't coming anytime soon. Hell, we're really talking about January of 2025. And that's if they don't steal another election. I'm, I'm sorry, is this on? Um, win, allegedly. So I, I think we need to take a step back. Take a deep breath and let's assess how we got here. Pre-COVID, we dealt with an initial border surge. We had it largely under control. 
We had spiraling healthcare costs because Republicans didn't keep their promises on Obamacare and it cost them the House. But beyond that, crime was so low that we thought, let's just let criminals out and be especially tolerant. Before that, we had the best median family income growth in this country since at least the dot-com boom. And I could show you some analyses that said it was the best we've had since the 60s. We were making peace deals in the Middle East. And I got to tell you, I'm beginning to think it really ain't that, the whole Middle East thing ain't that hard if Jared Kushner could do it, okay? Maybe it just started with, why don't we just treat nations as they are and not as we believe them or hope that they would be? Let's start with reality. I don't know, man. If Jared Kushner could accomplish something that it took 50 years of administrations in this country to do, maybe it just wasn't that hard. Maybe all were just ideologically blinded for 50 years by your own impulses, desires, the obsession with a two-state solution, which, by the way, Kushner tried that originally, remember? He tried that originally. Realized that Hamas was just going to take our money and make rockets with it. They, they didn't want to negotiate. He, was, he went right down this exact same road originally. Figured out Hamas is just nothing but a terrorist organization. It's not, that's all it's ever been. And that's when they reversed course. They went to Riyadh in May of, of, of the first year, reversed course, and took their case directly to the Arab nations instead to get around the Palestinian question. The Trump administration was going to go right down this road originally. Then realized that, well, these people are just terrorists. That's all they are. Like, like there's, they're not like a legitimate front for terrorists. They're just terrorists. Meaning there was, there was no one to negotiate with. There was no art of the deal to be had. They were just terrorists. They're just thugs. Like, this isn't like the storefronts on the Las Vegas Strip in the 60s that are fronts of legitimacy for the mob to, 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 to launder their money through. You can still go there and get a good steak dinner and have a night and, and watch Sinatra and the, and the Rat Pack. No, they're just thugs. That, they're just terrorists. That's all they are. So there was nothing to negotiate. So they just went around them right to the Arab world instead. And look at what the result was. Two years of, of unprecedented peace deals. We were energy independent. And then COVID hits. You grant the president a mea culpa for the 15 days to flatten the curve, not knowing what we're up against. I'm okay with it. No, I wasn't in that camp even a year ago at that time. But I understand why people thought, hey, let's at least see what we're dealing with here. But the disastrous decision, the one that ended his administration and set us on the track we're on today was the 30 days to slow the spread. From that time forward, the messaging of this White House, of the Trump White House on this issue, was confused at best, often counterproductive. 
Our audience on this show grew 300% last year by pointing that out almost daily. So we weren't the only people that recognized it. It's set into motion. The mail-in voting, shall we call it, scheme. Is that okay? Okay. The mail-in voting scheme that led to his... Um, I don't like the word defeat. How about undoing? Is that fair? Sure. Okay. All right. Undoing. And there was the direction this country was headed under Donald Trump pre-COVID to the direction it's been heading ever since. Last year at this time, we had 40 million people unemployed. We had one of the worst retractions of, or the worst retraction in the economy since the Great Depression. Driven ironically largely by, do you remember what industry was largely driving that retraction? The healthcare industry was. Because it's actually the elective stuff that makes all the money, not the emergency things. But we shut all those things down. And since the virus hadn't made its way to most of the, most of the middle of the country yet, at least not in massive waves, I mean, layoffs and the like began. Hospitals were even shutting down in some parts of the country. Last year, we lost 20% of American businesses, and they're never coming back. 20%. State of Michigan led the way. One-third of its businesses lost in 2020 forever, never returning. And given what's been going on in that state, I mean, they can't even get drinking water down in the state of Michigan. they're They're one of the last states that could afford losing one third of its business infrastructure, but it did. Then a group of our citizens decided that it was best to just go ahead and vote for things they don't really, in many cases, wholeheartedly believe. But they just were uncomfortable with the conversations at the um, in, in the church lobby, uh, at the tennis club, on the golf course at the kids' uh, the kids school events, when they got on Twitter, the decision, they were just uncomfortable. So it had to go away. So then that decision was made. Another terrible decision. And they opened the door for an invasion. They opened the door for the Trojan Uncle Joe, Dementia Joe, Trojan horse. We have direct linkage of, by the way, his corruption and ties to the country that poisoned the world and then lied about it. But apparently having the actual evidence wasn't good enough or it was so good that you had to be banned. So we went through that right before the election as well. So the majority of Americans never even found out about it. As we sit here today, Aaron mentioned... We're already seeing the largest inflationary increases in this country since 2008. But if you start itemizing that, we're already seeing the largest food and energy inflationary rises since 1982 before the Reagan tax cuts and the Reagan boom. Aaron, where were you in 1982? 
I was about uh, minus 11 years old. Where are you right now? Pregnant with a kid, married yeah. with a wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. 1982. We have gas lines. Like it's 1978. We were independent, energy independent 24 months ago. Last month, we had the most detentions ever, ever recorded, ever recorded in the history of the American southern border, ever. I'm sorry, is there a pandemic going on? I'm told. Yeah, it's okay. Weird. Weird. Uh, I think people would want to stay home, you know, and not risk it. But Odd. Odd that they're being allowed to risk it, too. Weird. And I'm not even getting into the critical race theory stuff. That stuff will always be here. The critical race theory stuff is just Afrocentrism, political correctness rehashed and warmed over that we faced when we were college students in the 90s. This is just, it's just, remember the green Africa pendants, all that, and the, and, and Hollywood stars, on, you know, on, on sitcoms wearing predominantly African garb. Remember that ridiculousness? Yeah, this, is just a, this is just a rehash of all that. That's all. It, it, it failed in the 90s. It went underground for a while. This is version 2.0. Defeat critical race theory, it'll come back again, okay? I'm not so much concerned about that. I'm concerned about a chronic level of poor decision-making. And now the number one political story in the country, because the media doesn't want to talk about everything going on with the disaster that is the Biden administration is a largely irrelevant figure in the U.S. Congress that almost none of you had ever heard of, Liz Cheney, who should have been removed months ago, but is now just being removed now. Why? Why now? Why now? I'll tell you why in a minute. And she may end up being replaced by one of the most liberal members of Congress. I'm not talking Republicans. Congress. anti she, Elise Stefanik voted against the Trump tax cuts, voted against the border wall, voted against border security, voted to keep the United States in the Paris Climate Accords. Republican, allegedly. Tranny much? Do drag queen story time hour? She's in the front row. Someone tell that homosexual activist in your video, all right, not to let Elise Stefanik anywhere near your kids. She believes it's a blessing of liberty. On and on and on, on every issue. Wrong on every issue. But because she slobbered over Donald Trump a few times, over the Russian collusion nonsense and scam, which, by the way, Trump's own justice... To, the, remember that Durham report? Good times. Good times. Many of you, trust me, have done more and been ang- and truly angrier about the coup attempted against the Trump administration than the damned Trump administration. I promise you that. They didn't do anything. Nothing. All those people all got away with it. And they just let them do it to them again on the Ukraine nonsense. So Liz Cheney has to go now because Kevin McCarthy's in trouble. Because the number one figure in conservative media, Tucker Carlson, has, has set his sights on him. And Kevin McCarthy's in trouble. 
So we made sure to stand by Liz Cheney a few months ago. They even held an anonymous vote. But man, oh man, the minute Tucker Carlson ends up saying, you know, I think Kevin McCarthy has to go. Got to cut the head of the snake off. All of a sudden, Liz Cheney, meet the underside of that bus. And then let me go find someone who's even more liberal than she is, but slobbers all over Trump so I can get Trump's endorsement because really all Trump ever cares about is who's with him on the personal beef. That's the number one thing. Now, we can often use it to our advantage by getting things out of him transactionally. We couldn't get out of other Republicans. We saw that, right? Yes. But But let's not lie to each other. As Harvey Keitel's character once said in Pulp Fiction, let's not start filleting each other quite yet, okay? Let's tell the truth. The number one motivator to Donald Trump is the personal beef, period, end of sentence. If you don't believe that, you probably also believe Bruce Jenner would make a great governor of California, too. So go get me somebody who's a total lib, but slobbers over Trump. That's how I come over the top rope on on Tucker. Who does Trump's base love even more than Tucker Carlson? Who do they love even more than Tucker Carlson? Trump. So let me go get one of his slobberers, make her my lieutenant, and then Trump will protect me from the Tucker Carlson movement. That's what's going down here. Kevin McCarthy just trying to save his own ass. And so most Republican governors are barely a speed bump up against what we're up against. And most of our attention right now is drawn on an utterly meaningless position conversation in the grand scheme of things. And and we're already game planning out where we are for 2024. Folks, better make sure we make it to 2024. And if we rely on the system, we won't. We're going to have to do this ourselves. did a radio interview this morning and the host said hey what are you the most concerned about and i said the number one thing i'm the most concerned about is the loss of critical thinking in america number one thing um that there's just no way to sustain a self-governing nation without it period that's exactly why you want to look at our friends over at freedom project academy that's what they're trying to create the next generation of critical thinkers, not high school graduates reading at a seventh grade level when they enter into college because they were taught the 1619 project instead of hooked on phonics. Okay, they, they teach mastery of subject matter, how to think, not what to think. They don't indoctrinate. Uh, they're looking for contrarians, critical thinkers. You know, this is the way the generations that founded and maintained this country for a couple of centuries. This is how they were educated. That's how they roll over at Freedom Project Academy. Maybe you learned this past year, hey, maybe we can do homeschooling. They, they forced it on us, but maybe we can maintain it. But what's the right curriculum to move on from here? Check out my friends at Freedom Project Academy. Uh, put my own son in this program for three years. I can't give it a better endorsement than that. No offense to all y'all. I love you very much. Not as much as I love me, Manoa. Okay? So I put him in this program for three years. And he'd still be in it if he just didn't have extracurricular activities we couldn't access anymore at home. All right, so that's the best endorsement I can give. Give it, give it a shot. Check it out yourself. Freedomforschool.com is where you want to go to get more information. Freedomforschool.com. Just to follow up on the conversation we were just having on a couple of fronts. Number one, 
this is why this theme, the answer is us. And and I got to give you guys a lot of credit, man. I'm getting emails in the audience. I get at least one every day from somebody. You know what? I'm running for school board. You know what? I'm running for state uh, central committee. I'm running for legislature. I'm doing what we're defying. We're doing this. Yes. And now we just need more of you. And what's funny is a lot of you will email me too and say, hey, I'm doing this, this, and this. What more can I do? It's not now about what more you can do. It's what other people on our audience can do to catch up to you. Because ultimately, to hold this thing called America together. Because you're looking at 1970s era problems without 1970s era cultural cohesion. We're under... Well, Steve, we had the counterculture, dude, dude. The counterculture hadn't even conceived of Drag Queen Storytime Hour yet, okay? We are in the midst of a cultural, unprecedented cultural upheaval. On top of facing 1970s era, era socioeconomic problems. So if we're going to hold this thing together, it, it, we got to have a plan other than, I guess we just start game planning for 2024. Dude, I'd, I can't sit here and promise you right now as a host. I can't do it. That everything that you've been able to take for granted in the past will be here in 2024. That you'll still be able to access platforms like us, even directly via subscription, if at all. I can't sit here and guarantee that's going to be the case in 2024. Looking at the things already happening, what's already going down, we're 120 days into this administration. 120 days, not even that. Where are we going to be 100? Is that too alarmist, by the way? Oh, no. Because I, I, I want to make sure, I, I want to raise the alarm, but I don't want to be alarmist. I think those are two different things. You know what I'm saying? Yell fire in a crowded theater if you smell smoke and see fire, right? But I don't want to yell fire if there's not one. But to me, we're drawing Jimmy Carter analogies. It took him four years to drive us into this ditch. Look, what we're, look what's going on here in less than 120 days. It's important you're saying this, not obviously because you're the host of this show, but amongst the three of us, I give you credit. You've actually been the most optimistic in certain ways this last year plus. Because you've, in purely political analysis, things like college football opening up or other opening, you, you, you've said that, you know, that you, there's laws of diminishing returns mm-hmm. and, and, and liberals like their movies and things, too. And, and you've been uh, right in many cases, uh, but you've also been wrong in some of them. And increasingly over time, what you have been ahead of the curve on almost everybody for a decade plus about what happens if you continue to mock God that spirit of the age, I can see you increasingly process the cost, mm-hmm. the weight. It's here. It's one thing to believe it in theory and next thing in practice. And if I, if you're, I say, this is me speaking here. This is why I don't think January 6th, set, set aside the horn guy and all that stuff. January 6th didn't go far enough because of the things you are saying. So you didn't even know I was going to go here. But you actually just gave the, the perfect segue. I told you during the break, hey, there's an economic point I want to make, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's you had no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's all you knew. I'm actually going to follow up directly with what hmm. you just said. See, this is why having a biblical worldview is vitally important. 
let's put this in another context. If I'm just a grease monkey man and I love cars and I've never read a user's manual, right? And I just, I just, I have got a natural knack for it and a love for it. And I just immerse myself into tinkering with it and following cables and lines and, and triggers and, and figure out, you know, this makes that work. And so now I know, and then I, right, I reverse engineer it back. I can learn a lot about a car, right? With just natural ability, right? Right. Right. Can I know everything about it? No. No. Because did I manufacture it? No. No. And so there's going to be something, ultimately, some level of knowledge that eludes me because I'm not the manufacturer. I can be really good at it. I can be the kind of person, bring me your cars. I make all kinds of money fixing them. But do I have complete knowledge, really, without access to the owner's manual? No. Because I didn't manufacture the car. Right. So all the knowledge I'm getting is secondhand, correct? Yes. Doesn't mean it's bad, but it's ultimately going to run into there's a the secondhand knowledge is only going to take me so far, right? Yes. Okay. That's what the word of God is. It's the it's 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 the owner's manual to creation. You Milton Friedman was a brilliant economist, but he was missing something. And when you don't have access or you, you don't give yourself access to the owner's manual of the universe, what ends up happening, you look at things like economics, and you come to the conclusion that it's economics that drives human nature. No, it's not. And so you assert things like, well, it just can't be true that you can keep going further and further and further into debt. And sooner or later, you're, you know, there's bread and soup, right? You, you say things like this, right. right? Except that's not how it works. The opposite is true. Economics do not drive human nature, folks. It's human nature that drives economics. We're the highest created being on this third rock from the sun. We are. We're the only thing in this universe that we know of, at least right now, made in the image of God. We're the only thing we know of. At the very least, we're the only thing on this planet made in the image of God. We're the only thing with a soul. Therefore, there aren't drivers of human nature. Human nature is the driver of all these other things. It's the other way around. This is why China has been so successful. China acknowledged human nature. After Tiananmen Square, all, the, all of the progress they had been made being welcomed back in to the world community of nations after Nixon opened the doors to China in the 70s. All of the progress, closing a deal with the UK to get back control of Hong Kong, all of the progress that had been made is imperiled. Massive debates were happening in the US at the time about whether to maintain their most favored nation status or give it to them to begin with. China realized, ultimately, we had to acknowledge human nature for what it is. I would actually argue no government in the world today more successfully understands human nature than China does. It figured out, fill the people's bellies, give them some toys and trinkets to play with, let them go see the new Star Wars and Marvel movie too. And they'll let you have total control of their lives. 
down to how many kids and which gender. Everything. Total control. Let the church hold its baptisms and rituals underground, but and we'll leave you alone, but don't you dare come above ground and attempt to impact culture. But below ground, you can have all the converts you want. We don't care. We don't believe, we're not focused on eternity anyway. If we were, we'd be making different decisions than we are. We only care about this life. China cracked the code of tyranny. All throughout history, tyrants have always gone too far. Because they've demanded something that they're not entitled to. And this ultimately always creates the conflict. Total allegiance. China figured out we can get pretty close to that if we actually don't demand it. Just preemptively, instead of let them eat cake, we'll just give you the cake. And they figured out how to make a command economy work because they figured out human nature drives economics, not economics driving human nature. What's happening in our country right now economically is we are attempting to impose Chinese-style economics. But we don't have a command economy. Meaning, China's not fighting over a $15 minimum wage. (laughs) They're laughing at that. They can do to their people whatever they want. Because they got Sony TVs too. They got Playstations too. They got the internet too. Can't get to certain websites that we can. They can go see Kong versus Godzilla too at an IMAX as well. The Chinese figured out if you give people, if you give them access to some of their basic desires, they'll let you stay in command. They'll be happy with it. That's human nature. Human nature is we go to the prophet and we demand that Samuel gives us a king so we can be like everybody else. Why do we have to be commanded not to make false gods, not to worship idols? Why would we have to be commanded not to do something, Todd? Why? Because, because we do it. our natural inclination is to do it. It was one of the commandments. Did Moses say, God says when thirsty, drink water. Was that a commandment? No. God says when hungry, eat. No? No. When you and a member of the opposite sex find each other attractive, have sex and mate. Was that one of the, was that on the was that on the tablets? No. No. Weird. Don't hold your breath too long. Was that on one of the tablets? Nope. No. Wow. What was on the tablets? The things that we won't naturally what? Do. That's what's on there. Don't do bad stuff that you naturally want to do. That's what was on there. The Chinese figured out we want to be ruled. Just give us some basics. And we'll let you rule. What's going on in our country right now, and and that's where we're heading towards a Greece, if if this continues. Because we are living in an imaginary world that we can impose a China-style economy with some utopian progressive vision of $20 an hour minimum wage at the exact same time. You can't do that without a command economy. What does a command economy mean? Here's what it really means. The government is ultimately in command of both the means of production and distribution. That's what it means. It won't, that won't work. And that's where we keep running into these headwinds. 
And that's what's going on. That's why your inflation's going up. Your fuel prices are going up. Everything. Gas was already going up before this pipeline hack. This is why we're trying to impose a China style of economics without a command economy. So you're actually going to get the worst of both worlds now. Soon that big screen TV will be cheaper in Beijing than it is at your Walmart. And it all stems from a lack of knowledge of human nature. Or an incomplete knowledge of human nature. Because you have you don't or have not accepted access to the owner's manual, the manufacturer of the species known as human beings. God. What are our craven desires? What are our craven instincts? How will we behave if left alone? How will we behave if guided properly? And so on and so forth. This explains why people on the other side continue to pursue failed economic models. How many more videos are we going to produce at PragerU or Campus Reform? Socialism fails everywhere. You don't think that the socialists don't know this. That's why their answer is, well, we're better socialists. Or the people were bad. Because it's a religious belief. They're driving the economic theory. The economic theory is not driving them. They want the world to look the way they believe a socialist world looks. And so they're going to drive that ideology no matter what objective information you provide. We are the drivers of the economic theory. The economic theory does not drive human nature. We are the controllers of it. We're made in the image of God. Not economic theory. Economic theories that work are those that acknowledge human nature for what it is. China has become so successful by acknowledging that we are, we really, truly, in our sinful state, desire to be slaves. Have we not seen this? I mean, look at the data that Aaron has from the morning consult poll. It's the vaccinated who don't want to go back outside. It's the vaccinated who don't want to go back to concerts. It's the vaccinated who don't want to go back to ball games. I want to be a slave. I was made to be rule. Rule me. Especially if I can just get, you know, Grubhub. And I can movie at home now. How's that any different than what China's talking about? The difference is they're not paying their people a $15, $25 minimum wage. All right. They can do to their people whatever they want. Because they're a command economy. The Chinese government's not worried about AFSME. How, how will we negotiate the public sector? Pl- well, we're going to shoot them. Oh, we're just going to. Yeah, they try it. We just shoot those people. And those people get seven fifty an hour, seven fifty yen in, in, instead. What do you all think? You like that? What do you like better? Seven fifty yen an hour or dead? That's the negotiation tactic. That's how you make it work. We don't have that here. That's why it can't work. So why do we keep doing what doesn't work? Because economics does not drive human nature. Human nature drives the economics. And 
Greetings. Welcome back. Hour two underway here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And of course, there's all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also uh, look for me. Uh, look for Steve Dace on MeWeGab and Parlor, which hopefully will return soon. Uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace and Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. That's where you can find clips of the program uh, that we like to share publicly and sometimes uh, even uh, for censorship just because we enjoy it on this program so very much uh, as so many Americans clearly do. So that's 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 awesome or not awesome, I guess, depending on whether you're still an American or not. If you are still a podcast listener, <laughs> we haven't driven you off this week. Uh, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a five star review. Click that subscribe button for us, whether it's especially iTunes, since that's the biggest one, but Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, whichever podcast platform, Podbay, you prefer and access us through. Please keep doing that because the more of you that do that, I'm told it helps the show to grow. And of course, it helps to soothe the fragile male egos that exist here in this studio. Uh, of course, we love talking to you about Built Bar. Uh, if you are looking for a healthy snack, uh, whether it's to supplement workout routines or just, you know, something that gives you the taste of a good candy bar from time to time, but you want to remain healthy, you want to check out Built Bar, the best protein bar I've ever tried, the healthiest tasting candy bar I've ever tried as well. And it, it, I just, I can't say enough good things about them. That's why. I just had my coconut brownie chunk built bar during the last break. Any healthy lifestyle you live, low calorie, low carb, low sugar, uh, it fits into every single one uh, of those paradigms. And right now, if you want to give it a shot, all of their flavors covered in real chocolate, I promise you. So many emails I've gotten from people. Hey, I was dubious. Now the wife and I or the husband and I are fighting over these. Okay, Uh, don't fight. Just get more. Okay, just buy more of them. 15% off your first or next if you want to come back for seconds. Uh, 15% off your first or next order when you go to builtbar.com. B U I L T, builtbar.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 15% off. Promo code DACE at builtbar.com. There is a ton more I, I have in, loaded up to say after the first hour, but. I don't know about you guys. I think I need a bit of a break. And you've got till 2024, so there's a long way to go. (laughs) Well, we we hope. Hope. (laughs) We hope. Let's get to one of our most favorite segments each and every week. Buy, sell, or hold. This is when our producer, Aaron, with a lot of help from you, his friends in the audience, puts forth to you and me, Todd, uh, a series of statements and predictions, et cetera. You and I will decide, do we buy that, sell that, have a reason, hopefully, why? Once per episode, you are permitted to use a hold, but if it's for any other reason other than, wow, that's that's just really lame. You have to agree to be bitten by one of the Biden's dogs. Fair? Yes. Okay, let's begin. It is serendipitous that this is the first one I had even before the show began. Mm. Megan Eileen says, in four years, America will be so far gone politically, economically, socially, the GOP presidential candidate will be irrelevant. Uh, Politically irrelevant, unless there's another party, that cannot happen, right? Okay, I mean, it don't matter who the Republican nominee is if if we remain a two-party system. So if you mean it in that context, I would sell. I'm guessing, though, 
you, you mean it in a broader context. Yep. Um, and I, I think I still wouldn't say it's the most. I think it's more possible than it's ever been before that this is true. And I, I feel like it's a Harvey Dent flip of the coin right now, frankly. Um, you know, we've been talking revival or bust on this show since it was a local show, you know, more than 10 years. And it feels like we're, you know, Yogi Bear once famously said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Uh, I feel, it feels like we're coming to that. We're, we're at least closer to that fork in the road. I don't know if that's, you know, like the next stop on the interstate, but it, it at least feels like we passed a sign in the overhang that said up ahead, a few miles up, fork in the road, right? I mean, it, it feels like at least we can see it from here. At least that's how it feels to me. So because I think there's more of a possibility of this being true than ever before, I will buy. What that percentage is, I don't know. Because here's the thing. It goes back to what I said last hour. It's, it, we are the drivers of this. We are. We're the ones made in God's image. We drive this. Events don't drive us. We drive events. We have tyrants because we submit to them. And I'm very encouraged with the amount of activism I am seeing in this audience. Really encouraged. You guys are really encouraging me. It's just, it's a little bit like the mask mandate question. Okay. Point out that places that have mask mandates don't perform any better than places they don't then the, the, the mask cult will come back with, well, that's just because people are just wearing masks anyway. Well, what's the easy response to that? So then why the hell do we need a mandate? You mean to tell me human beings on their own may make decisions you find to be responsible if you give them the information? You don't have to, government doesn't have to force us to do something that you think is safe for us, right? Right. Okay. So, you know, we used to use this phrase in the 80s a lot with like, when talking economics, dynamic scoring as part of supply side economics. Dynamic scoring is a thing. But what it really means is human nature trumps trend lines. Human nature trumps paradigms. Human nature trumps isms. Because we're the ones made in God's image. We're the highest form of being on this earth. We are. Physical being. Highest form of physical being on this earth. We drive events more than events drive us. Now, are we the ultimate driver of events? No. Is there a God? Yes. Of course. So figure that into your calculus. But events do not drive us. We're not helpless saps here. Even natural disasters exist because of human sin. All creation groans, right? Yes. So why do we have volcanoes, hurricanes, tornadoes? We even have natural disasters because of the driving force of human nature. Human nature is the number one driving natural force on this earth. Human nature is. And so I don't know if I don't know. I mean, if this audience were an audience like this grew another 300 percent or other audiences, Daniel's really pushing his. He'll be with us at the bottom of the hour. He's really pushing his audience into local activism as well. Enough people do that. That can absolutely alter a trend line. You bet. That's why I don't want to say I think it's definitive or it's over because once human nature is galvanized, it, it ain't over. It ain't even over as the great prophet John Belushi once said when Germans bombed Pearl Harbor, okay? So I'm going to buy because I think this is more likely than it ever has been before, but I also don't think it's a fait accompli either.
Yeah, I'm going to sell because of that latter part in the letters Steve talks about and the energy we see because this is my point about that January 6th, not going far enough. If we fight a January 6th in our own backyard every single day between now and the time the election rolls around, not only will it be relevant, but it will be as relevant as it has been in the last 100 years. It is up to us. It, it, no other factor can stand in the way if we embrace that challenge. Every day, our own January 6th, win it. Take your damn country back. Changing gears a little bit, we'll go to Sam Clemente, who says, there are more good MCU films than Bond films. Oh, this is one of the easiest buys of all time. This isn't even close. Not even close. I've never been a huge James Bond guy. Thought they were dramatically overrated. There's some great films in the franchise, but... I, this to me is not even close. This is like asking me peanut butter or uh, uh, spinach. I mean, chocolate or green beans. Okay. Would you rather have for dessert at Thanksgiving, Steve, uh, death by chocolate cake or that green bean casserole? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, Pyongyang or Palm Springs. I, I mean, this is easy. Bye. Yeah, bye. Next up, Brandon Curry says, spirit of the age, beliefs in practice. Now, I think this is a good one. COVID is sin. All will die. Mask is the fig leaf, does not cover sin. Social distancing is the law, won't save, and points to need for salvation. A vaccine is salvation. Vaccine plus mask is legalism. That's just brilliant analysis. That the, the amount of discernment you're exercising there, Brandon. And you're pointing out, what we used to acknowledge in Christendom when it was acknowledging it was Christendom is that the devil has a counterfeit, the spirit of the age has a counterfeit for everything God does. And that's what you're illustrating here. We don't, uh, Christendom is, is waning now. And so we fall for these demonic canards rather than recognize them as we used to. Um, but Brandon, you have deduced a religious structure and system here and you're exactly right. And then, and then remember when Michael, let me take it a step further, if you don't mind, Brandon. Remember the clip we had last week of Michael Osterholm, Biden's advisor, being asked, when is this over? Right? For, folks, in, in terms of the U.S., there will be a couple more seasonal spikes in other parts of the country. But from a U.S. standpoint, this is over. That's why our media is so fixated. The panic media is so fixated on India right now. They're looking for... They're looking for material. From our perspective, this thing's over from its main epidemiological threat. Unless, unless, let me throw a caveat in there, unless it is predominantly or mainly synthetic and then it were to mutate in a way, maybe in a response to our own vaccination efforts, I don't know, that, that we can't foresee, okay? Barring that, barring that, and I think you should leave open the possibility that that is true. But barring that, epidemiologically, this thing is largely over in this country. That's why we're looking for other panic porn places to discuss. Okay. But go back to Michael Osterholm. He was said, hey, when is this over? And he, right? That was his initial response. Yeah. I honestly don't know. You know why? Because when the, when the devil sets up a counterfeit to God's religious structure, one of the names for the devil is what? Accuser. Is one of the names for the devil a toner? Is one of the names for the devil redeemer? 
It's one of the names for the devil restorer. Does he any of those nicknames in his lexicon anywhere? No. Accuser, adversary, enemy. So you ever wonder why this is this is why this is why in these worldly religious spirit of the age, worldly religious systems. Look at Islam, for example. In Islam, you are never clearly knowledgeable of your salvation. Never. You may perform all five tenets of Islam. And still, when you die, you know, the Hajj to Mecca, alms to the poor, reciting there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger, the five pillars of Islam, you may, you may perform them. This is why they always, one of the ways the Hadiths teach that you can be assured of salvation in Islam is dying in a violent struggle for jihad or dominion of Islam. That's why they've always had recruitment. They've never had recruitment issues for a thousand years for warfare in Islam. Because this is one of the things the Hadiths teach. is the only way you know for sure. Now that's not in the Quran, but it is in some of the Hadiths, the supplemental teachings. But the average Muslim does not know. I could perform these five pillars. I don't know. Allah could still capriciously, when I die, still not welcome me into eternity. I don't know. I'm never truly assured of my salvation. I don't know for sure I've made it. The argument, one of the key arguments in Christianity for 2,000 years has been, there's so much eternal assurance, we're worried people just go out and behave like they were never saved to begin with. And so, then we argue about, well, can, if, can, if I get so backslidden, can I lose my salvation? That's been the argument in Christianity. Do we have too much eternal assurance? All the rest of these systems, I don't know. I don't know. And when the spirit of the age concocts a system, you never know. You're always guilty, never atoned. You're always guilty, never redeemed. You're always guilty, never saved. So just keep doing it over and over and over and over again. Try harder, mask harder, social distance harder. Donate more, do more, do more, do more. Greener, greener. More, 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 more. It's never enough. Because the author and finisher of those faiths hates you. So he's not offering you redemption, restoration. He's only offering you destruction while trolling and mocking you on the path to it. Todd, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, bye. I, when you mentioned Osterholm, uh, I'm sure you are very pleased that this is one of the parts of the movie, because I was too, that was taken out of the Justice League. But the, it, I'm still reminded, nonetheless, of when the main baddie in that movie, and again, Steppenwolf, Steppen, Steppenwolf, is turned on by his own little cricket people because they smell his fear. Mm-hmm. That's what Osterholm was like in that. Like he's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't control Michael the monsters knows. anymore. Michael yes. knows that he's not doing science anymore, yes. and he's struggling with it. Yes, he knows he is now a high priest of a spirit of the age, there it is. and he's and he and he wants to default back to science, but he's not really strong in this new faith yet. He doesn't know how to communicate it, so he just taps out. I don't know, man. Got nothing for you. Nothing. I don't know. Moving on. Big Poppy says the convergence of crises, pipeline, inflation, world chaos will lead to Biden resigning sooner than expected. By sooner, he means mid-July. Have we heard from him in person this week yet? No, no. Which, which is just, even by the craziness of today, is that, is that just not un- unbelievable, really? It's like there isn't a president of the United States right now. I'm going to buy the spirit of it. I think 
things are that unstable. I mean, look at Pisaki, the voice person. She's already talking yeah. about it. I won't be here next yeah. year. She's already talking about it. 52-week notices are pretty common, though, right? I, I, see, I, I don't want to buy because I, I... Remember I said human nature is what drives these things. Not, these things don't drive human. My nature doesn't want to contemplate that, it, that this much chaos. It could happen this soon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so just because I don't want that to be the case, I'm going to sell. Even though I, I have cause for pause to buy. I'll say that. Yeah. You mind that as well. Up next, Stephen the Troll says the pipeline hack was an inside job. I only included this because it's a common refrain that I'm seeing in a lot of places. I have no way of knowing. And the, the only thing, can I interrupt you real sure. quick? The, the only thing, you know, when, when you go online, you can't just, you can't just by fiat, by your own mind, say, I want to go to this. You have to know, you have to point your browser somewhere. How did the Russian hackers know where to point their hack? How do they know which website to go to? I'm speaking in very simple terms. How do they know where to go to? Now, they could have figured that out. I mean, they've hacked our government numerous times. They Mm -hmm. they could have figured that out in a previous act, but that is something that's a little... You know what? I'll buy. I'll buy. Uh, Because the spirit of the age is in control of America. And the spirit of the age, I'm sure, is what did this to us. So, therefore... Uh, vis-a-vis, you have an inside job. So on that ground, on, the, on those grounds, I will buy. You can't do a Google search for um, continental or uh, colonial oil pipeline right. infrastructure. Exactly. Go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. My buyers or sells on these for a long time has all been on the basis of crazy voices in my head. Is it plausible enough? And so I, I'm, I've seen on Aaron's montage in just the last two weeks, those CIA commercials. So the answer is buy hard. You don't think the cisgendered anxiety driven or, or anxiety struggling uh, CIA recruit is up to the task of facing Russian or Iranian or even domestic terrorist hackers? You, you seem dubious of that. Well, they're, they're up to the task, but they think their own country is the terrorist. That's yeah. the problem. Yes. We used to have a CIA that invented LSD through programs like MKUltra. To, to experiment on its own people in order to test ways to expand American hegemony outside of our own borders, right? We used to have to be worried about that. Correct. We now have a CIA that actually prefers our foreign enemies to us and thinks Americans are the enemy. Correct. That, that needs to be uh, infiltrated. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Next, Save Western Civilization says the Allman Brothers were better than Southern, or were the better Southern rock band than Leonard Skinnerd. I, I mean, I, I think this is a respectable take, but I have to sell. I'm, I'm, I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to sell on that. I don't have a strong. I, I, I agree. I'm not, I don't feel about strongly this. about this it. Is, it's a respectable take. I think it's respectable. I just don't agree. I, yeah, so I, I just respect it because you've feel strongly enough about to let's just, that let's just take, so take, take sweet home alabama and rambling man off the table each each group's magnum opus right okay and say if in the history of rock those two songs are probably somewhere ranked really close to each other is that okay. fair okay then you start looking at what the second third and fourth songs are and i think that's where skinner probably separates in my opinion but i mean you know is the second allman brothers song 
se- their second greatest song is iconic as Freebird, for example. I would argue no. All right. So um, then you get into what's your name and give me three steps. And I'll, uh, to me, I just think at the top it's I'm, stronger. But I, I think this is a respectable take. But I just disagree. I'm okay? I'm buying it because it is the Allman Brothers that the Dan Aykroyd playing Jimmy Carter talks about in talking the guy down from acid. <laughs> One okay. of the great SNL clips of all time. Do you yes. have any Allman Brothers? Yes. <laughs> um, Paul Howard says, 75% of mask wearers we see in stores over the age of 30 are vaccinated for COVID-19. This is a great proposition. Yeah. I'm going to sell that it's a little high. That it's not 75 but if you had put 50%, I think I would have bought, okay? 75, I think, is too high. But again, I like your train of thought, brother. You're thinking. You're discerning the ways of the spirit of the age. I hear you knocking, and I'm coming in. I hear you, but I'm going to sell. I think it's a little too high. I have the exact same, I want to say 75, but I think for various reasons it is a little too high. And then there's this. James Swick says major gas pipeline networks can be hacked, but voting machines cannot. Oh, gosh. We're done. Correct. A plus. Gold star. Oh, not quite up there with um, Caitlyn Jenner's candidacy will be the one thing Lindsey Graham will make sure to get to the bottom of. No, it's uh, Caitlyn or Bruce Jenner's fallopian tubes. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Yeah, that was even better. Yes. But that's uh, that's a rim that deserves its own rim shot right there. That is. That is very well played. And if someone in the in the in the Mike Lindell Dominion lawsuit and counter lawsuit, if somebody doesn't do file some form of amicus uh, or friend of the court brief with that basis for their claim, I don't want to live in this world anymore. Okay. Oh, good grief! Uh, I, I love this so much. It's uh, I, not just the the um, machines, but the the drop boxes just left everywhere and anywhere that you can observe it's like a magic act it's weird that these 21 states are doing all these post 2020 election re- voting reforms right now for an election that was totally up and up and, and up to snuff you know and i, I why do, it's it's just weird that all these states suddenly decide they've got to do all these reforms for an election that was clearly legit right it's all an illusion doug henning yes yes Moving on, Mini Bomber says the Biden presidency will soon become the largest red pill this country has ever seen. Here's the thing. Who's Morpheus and Neo in that equation? Meaning, who's the who's the who's the trailblazer? That opens everybody up to the alternative of uh, to an alternative vision of existence, right? Who are those people? And then who is the hero that heroes that take them to that place? Because without that, what will people do? Again, we go back to human nature. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Okay. If they don't hear his voice, do the sheep just stay where they are? Is that what sheep do? No. No. They follow someone else's voice, right? What's the alternative voice? The party of Liz Cheney and Elise Stefanik and Kevin McCarthy. Is that it? No. West Virginia, where Democrats cannot even win a precinct, and it has one of the most ridiculous COVID governors in the country. Ohio, which has gone from swing state to red state in the last decade, has one of the most ridiculous COVID governors in the country. You see what I'm saying? I do. So, so who's 
Who's who's the good shepherd politically? Not putting anybody on that plane. I think we're all smart enough to understand what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. here. Let me go back to my previous analogy so I don't offend anybody. Who's the Morpheus and the Neo in your in your paradigm? Who's who's unplugging people from the machine and showing them how to live in the real world? Who's doing that? What's the alternative? Well, according to what I said about those who fight a January 6th every day from now, we don't know who they are yet. It's going to depend on the Katniss Everdeens whose names we don't know yet to step forward and be the ones uh the new the new rosa parks we're gonna know their names and we're gonna follow them but it's it's yet to happen Justin, Ru- but will there be a massive reverb against democrats in this next election if we get if we get to that next election and it's a it's a fair election yeah there will be that's unavoidable people will choose an alternative to what's going on but you're talking about a paradigm shift when you start making that red pill matrix analogy, mm-hmm. right? I, I think for that to happen, there has to be a truly alt, a true alternative vision offered to the country as opposed to we're just reacting. Otherwise, we're back well, to what I've talked about how many times how, where I've walked you guys through the election cycle since 2000, right? Back and forth we go, swaying back and forth. One, you know, who's going to, uh, you know, we love Democrat ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. until the bill comes. Republicans, we know they won't keep their promises, so we vote for them just to get rid of Democrats, and we just go back and forth for the last 20 well, years. reacting's okay as long as it's permanently reacting. and is that, Because that's what we're trying to figure out with DeSantis right now. Is this a permanent... Oh, Tucker, you've made that point brilliantly about Tucker. This is not the same Tucker of 20 years ago. No, is, this is not the Tucker that was co-hosting uh, Crossfire so 20 years ago. Is this an no. act? Is this a permanent life change, not just a business change? Same with politicians. Are they saying, oh, there's there's really an audience for steak out there. I've always wanted to do the steak thing. Mm-hmm. I'd like, And this is the hill I want to die on. That's what we got to figure out. Mm-hmm. So I have to hold on that. Because I don't know who's offering that alternative vision. Oh, bye. Justin Roberts says an immune system will be a vast right wing conspiracy theory <laughs> yes. by 2025. Oh, so well people. done. That's, that's a buy. That's very well done. Yes. All right. Uh, Sean Griffith says the colonial pipeline cyber attack is proof we're already in World War Three, but most of the West doesn't realize it yet. Uh, I'll buy. Um, I, I'll buy, but maybe not in the context that you think. I think this is, a, we're up against something, and even if it turns out to be China, Russia, Iran, Iran, we're up against something bigger than that. Those, those things are tools and instruments of what we're up against. Uh, let's see. Let's do this one. See if you can make sense of this one. Uh, T to Green, Arizona says, on a scale of who is more Republican, Liz Cheney or Kirsten Cinema? Rank the severity of Hamas's attacks on Tel Aviv. I mean, it's the most missiles that have been launched in almost a decade, right? So, the reality is Liz Cheney is more Republican. Liz Liz Cheney is who the Republican Party is. Most of the people voting against Liz Cheney today agree with her. I promise you this. That's why when they got to vote anonymously, they kept her. The only thing that changed is Kevin McCarthy's in trouble and cannot take on the toxicity of Lynn Cheney and her continuing antifada against Trump any longer. Okay? That's all that's changed. So, um, 
The fact that we're now talking about a ground war in Gaza and things of that nature, I'd put this more in the Liz Cheney mode than the Kirsten Cinema mode. Yeah, that's fair. Hunter Lucas, Mount Rushmore of pet peeves. Can I add one thing to that answer really quick? I'm sorry, I just thought of. Because as long as we got Boris Johnson doing this, our own administration doing this, if we keep drawing a moral equivalency between the... The Hamas launching an attack. And if you defend yourself, that's morally equivalent to who attacked you. Netanyahu has Netanyahu and the Israelis are going to continue escalating in their response, viewing it as we're alone here. And so it's up to us to squash this. There will be no external third party pressure from the from mm-hmm. from other countries to to get the, the the to get Hamas which is really who the Palestinian government is to get Hamas to stop doing this continuing along the path of moral uh, equivalency will only lead to more escalation if you continue to tell Israel you're basically on your own here mm-hmm. sorry about that oh that's fine no we're done okay We'll get into that. By the, you know what? That's a great segue to who's coming up next. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. He'll be joining us here in just a moment. You know, we have seen in recent years unprecedented assaults on our religious liberty and our friends over at Alliance Defending Freedom have been on the front lines of that. You think of the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, for example, and Jack, that baker, will be with us on the program next week. Uh, They represented him, so many other clients around the country on the issue of religious liberty, and they do it pro bono with a nearly 80% success rate. So if you want to donate to a proven and outstanding effective effort to defend uh, our first liberty, uh, religious liberty. ADFlegal.org slash Steve is where you can go. Uh, That's how they continue uh, to represent clients for free. Uh, ADFlegal.org slash Steve if you want to donate to the cause of defending religious liberty. And while you're there uh, supporting Alliance Defending Freedom, I would also urge you to to urge them to support us in the task at hand against um, the right to breathe Without the right not to have my child wear a useless Chinese face diaper, uh, re, a, a bacteria re-ingestion mechanism, apparatus, choker. Uh, the, the right, do, does a company have a right to tell me I have to smoke marijuana to work there? Does a business have a right to tell me I have to uh, ingest any, any experimental substance for that matter, any of them, in order to shop there, in order to go to a, an event there? Because given the success rate Alliance Defending Freedom has had on issues like religious liberty, and we applaud them for that and are proud to urge you to support them continuing in that endeavor. Uh, We need organizations like Alliance Defending Freedom enlisting in that fight as well. Every day, it seems, I get an email from somebody, or at least every week. Hey, you know, my business is trying to get me to do this. Do they have a right to my medical records to tell me what, ask what medicines I've taken, what experimental substances I've injected, that I have to inject this if I have to work here, et cetera. Uh, Can you help me? Can someone represent me? We could use our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom on the front lines of that fight as well. So while you're donating at adflegal.org slash Steve, by all means, Head over to ADFlegal.org and let your voice be heard. Encourage them to get involved in that fight. I have. I've gone all the way to the top of the organization encouraging them to do so. I think they could use, after doing that, I think they need more encouragement, if you know what I'm saying. ADFlegal.org. 
Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Couldn't agree with you more about those lawsuits. Do you have, by the way, since since you were listening there, do you have an alternative where you could guide some people in, in this audience? I get this question all the time of where people can go to push back on any of this. Boy, Steve, you really put me on a spot there. Um, there is a terrific attorney in Connecticut uh, named Brian Festa. And uh, he has his own organization where he puts people in touch. And Steve, I would say, let's uh, let's do our discussion and I'll get back to you on the website. Sure. I just don't have it. All right. Let's go to what's going on in in Israel right now. Um, the moral equivalency. I, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Israel was making peace deals before Hamas for the last few years before Hamas started launching missiles. The, and I don't think the timing of this, you know, they, 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 their funding's been restored. I mean, you can call it the Palestinian government all you want. It's Hamas. And I, I pointed out to our audience at the top of the show, Daniel, that actually, uh, uh, well, that, yes, uh, <laughs> that under, under Jared Kushner's leadership, the Trump administration was going down this road originally too, originally. And then they realized, wait, there, there isn't like a, this isn't like Vegas where there's the mob, but there's like still a legitimate business running the casino. They're just all thugs. There, there's, there's not a government here. They're just all terrorists. And that's when they reversed course, went to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and made their case directly to Arab countries around the Palestinian question. And we saw the, we saw the success of that at the, in the last couple of years of the Trump administration. We're going right down the road we've been in, frankly, you know, since the Bush-Baker years, into Clinton, the Bush years again, the Obama years again, uh, they feel empowered and and they know they don't have a staunch ally in the White House. And so here we are. And now you and world leaders who do speak out like Boris Johnson yesterday put out a statement drawing a moral equivalency between the two sides doing that will, I believe, send a signal to Israel that they're basically on their own and they'll they'll raise the stakes if they feel as if there will be no external global pressure. On, the, on, on Hamas to simmer down, then that's when you, you'll, hear talk, you'll hear talk like we are today about a ground war in Gaza and things of that nature. Israel will just say, hey, if you guys are going to treat this like it's, self-defense is morally equivalent to being attacked, then I guess we're on our own here. So we'll, rate, we'll, we'll escalate a response all the more. Am I wrong in my analysis of this? What are your thoughts? Steve, this is the geopolitical version of BLM surrounding cars um, in our streets and the people who try to break up their checkpoints get arrested, not the people uh, who create them. It, 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 it's, it's not a foreign policy centric issue anymore. It's a breakdown of morality that it's not even the Bush Baker years where there was that moral equivalence. Remember, the both sides need to stop business. This is a matter of downright siding with evil. Um, BLM and TIFA, they are terrorists and they are the highest level of our governing uh, platform here. I mean, even your governor met with BLM and gave them some some goodies with felons voting. So so they have certainly have no problems with Hamas. Um, uh, they are they're into coddling up to terrorists. But I think that the major thing here is it is truly remarkable that just a couple months ago, for the first time in a hundred years before the 1919-1920 when violence erupted in what was formerly Palestine, which by the way is a Jewish name, um, we had peace breaking out. Peace breaking out. Every Arab country was making peace with Israel. By the end of Trump's term, we had a remarkable situation in which 
Israel was more welcome in the Arab world than in Europe. And then now by the Democrats who who run America. As soon as he takes over, kind of like the border crisis, this thing blows up. It's not just that Hamas knows that they're not going the, – the, the global community is not going to ask them to stop. It's that they know they're going to demand Israel stops. Imagine if you have a war that you know if you get the other side by the neck, you could go all the way. Mm-hmm. But if by doing that, you put yourself into a vulnerable position and lose and the other side has the one up on you, the dogs will be called off and, and they'll they'll grab them off of you. Imagine how dangerous that is. Uh, it was just this past week was Jerusalem Day, 53rd uh, anniversary of the biblical miracles, uh, biblical level miracles of the six day war. And that was the same thing. I mean. They were playing for keeps. Um, had not had God not directly intervened, they would have literally wiped out every Jew in Israel, um, and and the tables were turned. And of course, they asked them to, you know, they they held them back. They this the same thing in the Yom Kippur War. Um, so this is what they're counting on, and for good reason. But Steve, there's one more important point about this that is most relevant to those of us living on this side of the ocean, and that is we have Hamas in America. We have Hamas in Congress. Uh, We've seen for the last two generations, every time things flare up in Israel, you have in Europe these massive rallies where you have in the West, sometimes larger rallies than in, you know, the, the Middle East of these violent people chanting death to Israel, death to the Jews and all sorts of stuff. I've noticed the last couple of years, it's been getting more and more. Now you have large scale events in New York City and Minneapolis and Mm -hmm. other places. And there was a Jew who was beaten last night in New York City. So this is happening right here in the good USA after 20, 30, 40 years of this unbridled immigration. I think this lends itself to a larger conversation. We're not even 120 days into this administration. Okay? And we're already making Jimmy Carter comparisons when... I mean, at least Carter got Begin and Sadat to Camp David, at least. We have the worst missile attacks on Israel in almost a decade. We're refunding Hamas, the Palestinian government. Last month, we had the most border detentions ever. I, I, I believe we're supposedly still in a pandemic or something, and yet I, I, people think they can get through the border. Weird. Um, look at what's gone on with our murder rate, crime rate, what's going on in the urban cities. We're at 1980s, uh, pre-Reagan, cra- uh, you know, crackdown on crime, late 70s, early 80s, violent crime rates. Um, we have the biggest spike in inflation since 2008. And if you if you itemize that, energy and food have increased at their largest rates since 80, early 82 before the Reagan tax cuts. I mean, I, I wonder if we're being unfair to Jimmy Carter here. He took a full four years to dry, to face plant this country in a ditch. We're not even 120 days into this, Daniel. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you forgot the biggest one of all, that we have an administration that is a conduit for China. And that ties into the shutdown of the pipeline, which Mm -hmm. is hard to imagine did not come from China and their cyber attacks. uh, They've really been ratcheting that up. They they shut down a Taiwanese ship in the Suez Canal a couple months ago. So 
you know, the difference is, I think with Jimmy Carter, it was legitimately melees. It was the absence of something, the absence of leadership. This is a matter of arson. They are doing it on purpose. You couldn't possibly have these outcomes be struck by lightning on all those things. We are worse off than ever by accident. It doesn't happen by accident because we have become a government that is China, Venezuela, and Afghanistan. This is the point together. I was making last hour. We're doing China's economic policies without a command economy, meaning yep. China China figured out if I give our, give our people big screen TVs and access to Hollywood films, they'll let us just control their lives. And so they don't have to worry about an AFSME. AFSME comes to them and says uh, $20 an hour. They're like, we shoot you and $750 yen an hour. Which, which, what's your choice? We shoot you or $750 yen an hour? What do you prefer? Oh, life than 750 yen an hour it is we've got let's do what china's doing while while doing um utopian schemes on the other side without a command economy this cannot work it's the worst of every world and steve i think if you put a finer philosophical point on that the difference is the chinese regime they go and repress some of their people to go and elevate and ingratiate, empower, enrich themselves on the backs of vitality of their country. Mm -hmm. Our elites enrich and empower themselves off the carcass of our country. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of at least building up the nation at the expense of the individual. No, they crush the nation because it's not about the nation. In this case, each one wants their own thing. So they'll sell out to everyone else as long as they get their share, the airlines get their things, this industry gets theirs, this political operative is in bed with China. That's the difference between Western corrupt leaders and Eastern corrupt leaders. So you get the worst of all worlds. When have you ever had a nation, Steve, that was this weak? I mean, you look at the crime, you look at the border, you look at the foreign policy at a time when they've wielded this much power, right? When have you ever had China and Afghanistan at the same time and then now the economy of Venezuela? Again, that doesn't happen by accident. It's done on purpose because that is their business model. And this is why so many of our colleagues that are still stuck on this like, all right, how many seats are we going to win in the next midterm? Okay, uh, win back the House, win back the Senate. And they're not changing the game. They, they're missing this point. This is an arson. This is a revolution. This is a crime against humanity. Steve, these people are worse than Al-Qaeda. They're worse than Hamas. Hamas, at least they have some sort of tradition that they're following, that they think in some mind they're going to get their 70 virgins. These people... These people grew up in a society that was very different than what they created. They know better. If you were trying to destroy a civilization, you could not have done a better job. We are describing people that aren't insurgents. They're ingrates. Basically, they're, they're, they're fist shakers at God. Uh, disowners of their own parents' heritage and legacy. That's essentially what you're describing. Modern day Nimrods. That's, that's what these people are. Um, Tower of Babel. And, and and Steve, you know, like this is why we can no longer be part of this sophistry crowd of, well, I don't know if 
this is part of the eighth clause of the Tenth Amendment. If you know, we could evacuate ourselves from the situation the other side put in. You know, maybe we have to win these elections, pass this type of law, pass muster with this type of federal court. You know, yeah, you there's cannot- a guy at, the, at your front door with a gun at your and you're a gun pointed at your head, and, and you're quoting him, you know, tr- trespassing laws. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this yeah. is a Krav Maga situation, and that's why the answer is we need to do whatever we can to evacuate ourselves. By the way, Steve, the website for people who want to um, lodge lawsuits and and be paired up with an attorney who's barred in their state, mm-hmm. it's We the Patriots with an S at the end. We the Patriots USA. Org. Give it to us one more time, Daniel. We the Patriots USA.org. We the Patriots USA.org. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Same to you. All right, we got about a minute and a half left. Gentlemen, what do you think? I love that bit that Daniel did at the end about the, the, the clauses and the participles. I mean, that's what I always talk about when the, the feng shui of politics, if we just rearrange the furniture. It'll revive some life into this thing. Now, I, he's absolutely right. Uh, when we're, and when we're talking about uh, matters of uh, existential uh, nature, uh, which we always are, quite frankly, it's just should be more evident than now. That's always the way. The rearranging the deck chairs are never, ever, ever going to keep the Titanic from going to the bottom of the ocean. And going back to the, the beginning of this show, and this is not to take away any of Ron DeSantis's leadership over the last year, year and a half, I would say without the control group in our own backyard of Florida, we would still, I hesitate to think where we would still be on the virus, but I noticed something in reviewing the montage today that had that clip of him talking about unmasking kids, kids need, we need to let them be kids. We need to take these masks off the kids on any other day over the last year. You know, that would be going viral. Conservative media rightly would think, yeah, 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 rah, rah. In light of everything else that happened, masks on kids, as big of a deal as that is, and as a present of a deal as that is, and right in front of you as that is, it's really small apples compared to everything else, civilizational, uh, civilizationally, economically, culturally, that's going on. That's not to say that somebody like Ron DeSantis, if we make it to 2024, couldn't help. But at the end of the day, the answer is still us. Ron DeSantis can't take on the Leviathan by himself or even with an administration full of people who agree with him and believe in the cause. The answer is always revival or bust. We're the instruments, maybe, maybe, maybe we're the instruments of that revival. That's going to do it for our program today. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Everybody have a great evening. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.